like everybody else here. Oh, that's yeah. that's good to hear. That's good because you just yeah. wonder sometimes yeah. with these doctors. Um, but then, uh, see, we're in a lockdown. In New Zealand, the whole of New Zealand is in some form of lockdown. Uh, and New Zealand, Auckland, where we are, we've just done our seventh week in lockdown, and we're looking at our eighth. Um, and now they've we've been chasing an elimination strategy apparently but just today they've announced we've got a change of strat we're having a change of uh, strategy now we're going to vaccinate our way out of elimination or something like that and so we're having these huge huge vaccination drives our rates are you know crawling along really and they've stopped at about but you have to say we've had one death one no, one no, death no, over this one, last two months and yeah. she was 93 and yeah. already in ICU so and the whole so, time, Ernest, since this, since it began in, in the March, there's twenty something deaths attributed to COVID. Seven now, I think, twenty seven or twenty eight to COVID in New Zealand. Absolutely ludicrous. And they've only admitted to one vaccine death, but we have a lot more. So that's the yeah. context of where we're yeah. at. They just announced. We're on the we're on the cusp. The next few weeks for us are, look like they're all about laying out our vaccine passport. So that's where we're going. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of corralling us into a place where they can then do goodness knows what, you know, where, I guess it just these, they're talking about if York's area doesn't have 90% vaccination we and they have one case, we will lock your area down. So they're really tightening the screws down here now. It's quite concerning. Yeah. Um, okay. yeah. Well, you know that, that uh, Jacinda Ardern is uh, one of the global leaders of the World Economic Forum. It, yeah. What current? Well, she was a what? what currently, oh, she was definitely one of the students that came through, wasn't she? At that point. Yeah, she was trained by the World Economic Forum, and she worked mm. for Tony Blair. Tony Blair was in the class yeah. of ninety-three. Yeah. He was one of the first global leaders at all of mm. all of them, mm. and she she she's, she was trained by them, uh, mm. just like our. A chancellor, yeah, Angela Merkel, she mm. was trained that way. Our health minister, Spahn, he was trained by them. So it's the, it all goes back to the World Economic Forum. Mm. Mm. 1,300 global leaders they have. Mm. And now they have these 1,000 global shapers. So it's absolutely incredible. Yeah, it's like we just let our hands off the steering wheel for a while and look what happened when all these people came in. Yeah. Right. Yes, right, everybody is pouring in the door now. <laughs> I can see there's nearly a thousand okay. people busting in already. Um, everybody's yeah. saying hello in the chat. It's great to see you tonight. Marcus is <laughs> saying, you. trained by who? World Economic Forum. Mm. Um, yeah, exactly. <clears throat> our dear leader. Yeah, our yeah leader. <laughs> I've just busted my pen, so I'm going to have to get another one really quick. Say hello to people. Um, <laughs> hi, everybody. Let us know if it's your first time coming and um, where you're listening in from. I'm, I'm trying to see if I can send them. It won't let me send a message to everybody. Someone's saying we need picnic recipes. We sure do, don't we? All our outdoor dining oh. that we're going to be oh. having. <laughs> <laughs> How ridiculous. <sighs> we're allowed to meet each we're other outdoors to, tomorrow. Yeah. Only up to 10 people, though, and only yeah. outside. And if you need to go for a week, too bad. You have to go Find a bush. Home. So um, it doesn't bode well for big families, does it? doesn't take much to have more than 10 people in two groups. It's absolutely ludicrous. And is, are you in um, Berlin at the moment or Zurich? Pardon me? Are you in Berlin or in Zurich? Yeah, right. I'm, I'm in my own office right now. Yeah. 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 
Right in the center of insanity in Germany. So what does, ins <laughs> what does insanity in Germany look like at the moment before we get started? Well, not that is with you. We don't have a lockdown at the moment, no shutdown. No. Yeah. Uh, but you, you have this mask mandate everywhere when you go shopping. And especially they have this mask mandate for, for, for children in schools. Mm, mm. Uh, actually, they're kind of, uh, uh, there's a little relief today because my granddaughter, she's six years old. Mm. She just told me yesterday she doesn't have to wear a mask anymore for, uh, uh, as of now. But nobody knows how long that will last. They can, they can change right. that again next week and they will. They definitely will end fall. I mean, mm. we're just we're just waiting for the next lockdown to happen over here. Yeah, and, and if it's not, calls. if it's not about health, it's about uh, climate change. So, mm. so they will they will find a reason to break mm. to break the economy because that's what they want to do. They want to create civil wars everywhere so they can implement the new money. Mm. That's what they want to do. Mm. All right, we're going to talk all about that in a minute. Um, sure. sure. Yeah, all this. Yep, it's news. All the news fiasco is so draining. It is draining, isn't it? It's how do you manage it? This sort of constant barrage of negative, sometimes quite frightening sounding news. Mm. Do you do you watch the news? Uh, yes, I do because uh, my work demands that I do that. But uh, uh, I mean, I've I've what I've done for the past half year is that I've written a children's book. Oh, that's <laughs> good. That, that's really good. Uh, I have a granddaughter, as I, as I said, who's six years old, and she yeah. asked me a lot of questions. Why do I have to wear a mask and so on? And so we talked a lot about freedom. So uh, we created a little story, and that uh, evolved into a book. So it's a children's book, which is going to be out by, um, I think, around Easter time next year. And are, oh, you, are you publishing it yourself, or is someone no, 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 no. able I, to publish? You found I a found publisher it. for it, yeah, even. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. It's a publisher who's on our side. All the big publishers, they said no when I they knew they who I was, you know, because yeah. of my Wikipedia. Uh, they, they're calling me an anti-Semitic uh, oh, reactionary. It's, right. it's absolutely crazy. All the big uh, uh, publishing houses said no, like um, uh, Random House uh, immediately said no, not with you. Mm. But now I found somebody who's on our side and who has a small publishing company and uh, we're we're uh, really into it, and it's going to be out uh, by Easter. And are so, you going to have an, an an English translation? I hope so. I do hope so. Yes, <laughs> because it's all about freedom, and it's it's like uh, uh, putting it all into a nutshell for kids at the age of six. Yeah, yeah, it's good. We Brilliant. need it, don't we? It's a nice um, change from some of the stuff that they're fed. Yeah. Okay, we've got sixteen hundred people in the house. I think we should get started. Alia, would you like to? Um, Start us off earlier without, just tell them a little bit about Voices for Freedom. Yeah, I think my um, internet might be a little bit laggy, so apologies if I cut out. Um, yeah, welcome everybody. Uh, so welcome with Libby, Claire and I, together we have Voices for Freedom. And we are here to basically oppose the, all the crazy that we're seeing right now in the world with respect to losing our freedoms with uh, as a result of COVID-19. Some of the important things that we wanted to say tonight uh, were for people to go and have a look on our website. We've got a few new things on there. So we've got some really good resources now for the, um, a mini mask kit or mask mini kit <laughs> with all sorts of um, template letters and resources that, that are really helpful. And I think we've got, is the vaccine one up and running now too, isn't it? Yeah, the employment. Yeah, yeah. the employment, yeah, with, the, with 
uh, letters related to the vaccine and the masks and things as well there. So as well as that, we've also got industry groups which we're just starting now and they're growing every day. People are messaging us and saying, have you got this one? Can you add this one? So please go over there if, you've, if you're in, in, in an industry and you'd like to meet with others who are in the same industry so that you can join together and be stronger, please go over and fill in one of the forms that's appropriate to you. And if there isn't one there for your industry, just um, drop us a line on the email and let us know. So yeah, thanks, Claire. Thanks everybody for being here. And especially we're honored tonight to have um, German author and journalist, Ernest Wolf here. Ernest was born in China in 1950 and grew up in Korea and Germany, attending college in the United States until he was expelled for protesting against the Vietnam War. He has since pursued a professional career as a screen playwriter for German and Swiss television for almost 30 years. And he divides his time between Berlin and Zurich and is a proud father and grandfather. Ernest's main focus in the, is the interrelation between politics and the economy, particularly the financial sector. And much of his criticism has been of the global financial and monetary system, especially the role of the IMF, the World Bank, the Federal Reserve, and the Bretton and Woods system and worldwide fiat money. And we look forward to chatting with you today, Ernest, about this unfolding crisis and um, the, uh, the impact and how that relates to COVID-19. So really looking forward to that. Thank you very much. Thanks very much for having me. It's our pleasure. Uh, would you like to, I think for those of us in the house who need a bit of finance 101, do you want to take us right back to the beginning of how we got here? I, I have heard you talk about a tsunami and there being sort of many parts to the tsunami. Do you want to take us back right to the beginning and, and tell us how we ended up in the situation we're in now? Yes, we're, we're living in very critical times. We're actually uh, witnessing big, big changes, maybe the biggest in the history of mankind for the past 3,000 years. Because uh, um, the financial system that we've been living under for 77 years now is broken. It is irrevocably broken and it cannot be re restructured. See, and also the role of money is going to change because money as a means of exchange, as we've known it for the past uh, 1,000, 2,000 years, will no longer work uh, during the uh, uh, fourth uh, industrial revolution that we're facing right now. But uh, let's start with the financial system. The financial system that we're living under was created in 1944, uh, just uh, one year before the end of the Second World War. Um, that was a time when it was clear that the United States would win the war and they would become the biggest, uh, the first superpower ever. They had the strongest economy, they had the strongest military. They were the only nuclear power at that point, but they had one big problem. Their industry uh, created more goods than their home market could absorb. So what they needed was new markets. So that's why they made the dollar the first leading currency in the world. They tied all other currencies to the dollar and they tied the dollar to gold. So that was the new system. And that really uh, worked very well for the United States because then we had the uh, post-war boom. The post-war boom lasted from about 1948 until about 73, 75. And then the post-war boom came to an end. And during the post-war booms, the biggest profiteers were the big banks, the, the banks that handed out loans to, to industry. And uh, they had grown very strong, so they demanded uh, uh, politicians to give them new, new opportunities of making money. So the politicians started to deregulate. So that's when we saw the beginning of the financialization of the uh, uh, world economy. 
It started in 19, around 1975, and then it took up speed in the 1980s and the 1990s. Uh, they allowed share buybacks. Uh, they allowed uh, short selling. Um, they introduced hedge funds. There had been no hedge funds before that, just a handful. And uh, um, hedge funds, they, they work like banks, but they're not uh, regulated like banks. So all the banks could start their own hedge funds. It was like allowing the banks to do all the business, uh, all the sorts of business that they hadn't been allowed to do before that. So the result of all this was the big financialization of the world economy. And of course, uh, the, the uh, uh, world financial system this way turned into a financial casino. And a casino comes with a lot of risk. So um, uh, this could not go on forever. So the first time the financial system almost broke down was in 1998 when a hedge fund in New York collapsed. That was long-term capital management. Mm -hmm. um, they had speculated with uh, Russian uh, current with the Russian currency, the ruble, and they were about to collapse. And that would have cost the big banks about uh, one uh, trillion U.S. dollars, and that would have taken down the system. So the big banks got together. They um, uh, took about it took them about four billion dollars to buy this uh, hedge fund and to avert a catastrophe. But then seven or eight or uh, eight years or 10 years later, we had the big world financial uh, crisis. And, that, and this time uh, problems were so big that the banks couldn't handle them anymore. So the states had to move in. The states took taxpayers' money to save the system. So that was the second time the system was on the verge of uh, a breakdown. But that didn't last very long because then we had the euro crisis. In the euro crisis, uh, the, the states were no longer able to handle the crisis, so the central banks had to move in. And ever since the beginning of the euro crisis, that was in uh, 2011, uh, the central banks have been uh, uh, creating more and more money and injecting it into the system. Now, the central banks, they have two means of manipulating the system. They can create money and they can lower interest rates in order to... Uh, speed up the velocity of money. But the big problem is that uh, that cannot, cannot last forever because uh, at, one, at some point they will hit a negative, they will hit uh, zero interest rates and then they will have to go into negative territory. And our banking system as we know it cannot handle negative uh, interest rates. It doesn't work that way. Uh, because if banks hand out loans and they get less than they hand out, okay, the banks are finished after a while. So that cannot uh, uh, persist. So what they did after they uh, lowered uh, uh, interest rates for about 700 times, all the big, big central banks, in 2016, they started to raise interest rates again. And uh, you always have to look at the Federal Reserve, the biggest central bank in the world, to see what is happening. And the Federal Reserve, they raised interest rates four times in 2018, uh, each time only for 0.25%. But that resulted in a major catastrophe because at the end of 2018, the financial markets in the world were in big turmoil because of these uh, interest rate raises. So the uh, uh, chief of the uh, Federal Reserve, then it was Janet Yellen, uh, stepped out into the public and she said, we're not going to lower, we're not going to raise interest rates anymore. We're going to leave them at this and then we're going to lower them again. And that way she calmed down the financial markets. And then in 2019, we had another problem that was the repo market in, in, in the US where the banks refinanced each other overnight and they had to uh, uh, inject billions and billions of dollars into that market. And so at that moment, it became clear that this system was doomed. 
So what the elites actually did, they knew that the system was doomed and they used this health crisis in order to completely take down the, the financial markets in March 2020. And then they hit zero interest rates. So that was the last time that they were able to save the system with the means they had used before. And from now on, we're into, into a new territory because from now on, they can only print money and they will have to do that at ever increasing rates. There has been more money printing than ever before during the past 18 months. But this is a one-way road. So we're on the way to the total devaluation of all currencies in this world. And what the elites are doing, they're using this time, they're using this takedown of the financial markets and the economy to plunder the system. That's what we're seeing right now, to plunder the system very well knowing that this system is at its end. But what they have to do is they have to establish a new system. And they're working on that new system in the background. Nobody's talking about it, but they're working about a new monetary system. And that is CBDCs. That is central bank digital currencies. That's what, they're to, what they want to establish. And my take is that they want to establish it by introducing universal basic income. Universal basic income, like they will give every New Zealander like $1,000 or so a month even if he doesn't have a job. That, that is not a humanitarian act. That is actually trying to, to uh, uh, reestablish people as consumers, people that do not earn any money. They need them as consumers because uh, our economy is uh, consumer driven. So we're facing not only this, this one problem, the, the financial system is broken, but we're also facing another problem. We're into the fourth industrial revolution and the fourth industrial revolution will result in millions and millions and millions of people losing their jobs. And these people will not be able to afford anything because they're not going to make any money. So they want to put the, take them back into the system by giving them this universal basic income. The problem with uh, CBDCs is that people would not accept CBDCs in, in uh, peaceful times because CBDCs, are, that's programmable money. That is money that, that is tied to an expiration date, that can be tied to, to uh, all sorts of conditions. It is the end of all democracy. It is a, a, a system that will make people um, totally dependent on the central banks and that will give the governments absolute power over people because they can cut off every person in the, in the population. They can cut them off uh, all financial uh, um, uh, assets. So, this, these two things, we have the end of the financial system and we have the, we have the transformation into the fourth industrial revolutions. They have made it necessary to, to implement all the measures that are uh, uh, being implemented all over the world and that they tell us have, anything, have something to do with health. It has nothing to do with health. It is not about health at all. It is about uh, saving the system, which has benefited uh, very, very few people. And these very few people, and that's one of the most important developments in the world, these very few people have gained more power and more assets than any, ever before. And at the top, we find the, the five biggest uh, IT companies. Uh, I mean, the, 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 the people that are uh, governing the world right now, that to me is the digital financial complex. The digital financial complex, at the, at the top of the digital financial complex, we will find the biggest five tech companies, that is Alphabet, Amazon, Apple, Microsoft, and uh, Facebook. Mm. 
Those uh, have a market capitalization right now of over $10 trillion, which is absolutely unbelievable. It took Apple 42 years to pass the $1 trillion mark. It took them another two years to pass the $2 trillion marks. They're up to $2.5 trillion right now. Facebook had a market capitalization of $500 billion uh, in January 2020. Now they're at $1.1 trillion. So they are the big, big profiteers. And also besides these IT companies, we have the big asset managers. That is BlackRock, that's Vanguard, State Street, and Fidelity. The four of them now manage assets worth $23 trillion. I mean, the uh, uh, GDP of the United States is at $19 trillion. So you can imagine who is really powerful in this world. Mm -hmm. I mean, these, these, companies, these companies, these seven companies are more powerful than any government in the world. And it's their, uh, their agenda that we're facing right now, and that's being pursued worldwide. Mm, mm. And, if, and, and we're seeing it here. I mean, I, I find it extraordinary that um, we're in the, we're at, well, here we are in Auckland where, where the three of us are. We're just coming into uh, the end of our seventh week of quite a hard lockdown here with, you know, all hospitals shut. Uh, people just can't go to work. It's it's incredibly difficult for people that people must be defaulting on their loans all over the place, sp spending. I mean, it's just crazy that the um, su our supply chains are breaking. And meanwhile, we're told that um, the, the New Zealand economy, apparently through the whole of this crisis, is just doing so well. Last year, after we came out of lo uh, long lockdowns, we were told we're just doing so well. It's just amazing. We're all bouncing back. Everyone felt great about it because somehow we're escaping the government is printing 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 money it, i just find it extraordinary that it seems to me like it, this doesn't make sense how can we be doing so well and at the same time having everything uh, closed down and people mm -hmm. unable to work all you have to do is take a look at the state budget i mean the state is uh, in, in deep trouble because they're just issuing more and more money and they're running into more and more debt I mean, uh, our world now actually belongs into the Guinness Book of Records because we have the highest level of debt of all times. Never has there been so much debt, so much debt in the world. And we have the lowest interest rates at the same time, the lowest interest rates in 3,000 years. Mm. So uh, this, this is absolutely unsustainable. But I think there's a plan behind it. There's a plan to take down the economy. There's a plan to create social chaos in order to int introduce this universal basic income because otherwise people wouldn't accept it. And I think that's uh, an agenda that is being pursued not only in New Zealand, but all over the world, because we can see it in China, we can see it in the United States, we can see it all over Europe. Uh, to just take a look at Great Britain. I mean, they're taking down their, their economy at a very fast pace. Last mm -hmm. week, the 90% of all gas stations in Great Britain were not able to, to uh, uh, supply gas for their customers. That is just absolutely incredible. And they, and, and they keep talking about that's a problem because of the Brexit, because we don't have enough drivers. That's all, all crap because uh, they knew that beforehand. They've known this uh, situation to evolve. They've known that for a year, for two years, for three years. They mm -hmm. could have prepared for that, but they didn't prepare for it. And nobody is in, in the world is preparing for the catastrophe that we're going to be facing in fall or in winter this year. On, mm -hmm. the, on the contrary, like in China, they are shutting down companies and they're shutting down factories. And they're, uh, that way they are uh, disrupting uh, supply chains all over the world. Mm -hmm. I mean, if they shut down a company in, in, in China, it affects the American uh, economy just as well as it affects the, the European uh, economy. 
So what they and and the, the most ridiculous thing is that China they they are saying they're doing this for decarbonization. I mean that's the most polluted country on on earth. They've never cared about pollution, and now all of a sudden they're they're caring about decarbonization at a time when people in China don't have enough food, when people in China don't have enough energy. A lot of people are going to freeze this winter, and they're saying no, no, we have to stick to decarbonization. That is absolutely ridiculous. But I think that's very important to see that because China is leading the way. China has led the way in the health crisis. They were the, for, the first to have a, sh a lockdown. They were the first to have mask mandates. So we have to look at China to see what will be happening with us uh, in the next few months. Mm. And I think that that's what, uh, what's going to happen all over the world. Once this, uh, this uh, narrative about the uh, terribly dangerous virus, once this na narrative is no longer uh, sustainable, I think they will change over to the narrative of the uh, terrible climate change and they will uh, do the same, they will implement the same measures and they will tell us that it's all about climate change. Mm. China with, uh, closed some of their big, well, a big port recently too. There was definitely some problem happening at a port where everything had to be shut. That was quite extraordinary that they did that. And I know there was a, a large number of uh, high-rise buildings that obviously had got themselves into such a lot of trouble that were flattened last week. So we're seeing all sorts of funny things happening in China at the moment, aren't we? And it does make you wonder. I wonder if the, the thing is, a lot of people appear to have their head in the sand, either that or they're irrational optimists about what is happening. I, I, I can't decide which, but things do seem to be happening. Although it's all crazy, it's like we are frogs in the, hot, in the pot of boiling water because things seem to be happening at a, a sort of a strange time warp kind of pace. It, do, it is fast, and yet it also feels like it's slow increments at the same time. And I just... Yeah, it's as if people can't wrap their head around tomorrow and what might happen because of what's happening today. Do you think that people think we're all just going to come out of it and it's all going to be fine tomorrow? That's exactly what a lot, a lot of people believe and they hope for that because they're deep, deeply frightened. Because I think I think people are very, very scared at the moment. And that's one of the reasons why they, they follow all these instructions. You know, they wear masks because they hope that this will be over someday. They're not wearing masks for any medical reasons. No. They're just wearing masks to be, to be good citizens, and they hope for, for politicians to lead them out of this crisis as soon as possible. But they're not going to do that. This is a, a, a terrible agenda, and it's being pursued at, uh, at uh, a, a very slow speed. It's, it's, it's very intelligently uh, constructed. Mm. I mean, there are, there are people behind this agenda. You cannot have 200 countries in the world do the same thing at the same time and implement all these measures. So there's something behind this. But mm -hmm. this uh, digital financial complex, these big IT companies and the big asset managers, they have their own structures. They have uh, uh, organizations that work for them. They have uh, NGOs that work for them that are totally manipulated by them. They have foundations that work for them and they have think tanks that work for them. And they have the secret services that work for them and they have the central banks that work for them. So they're controlling almost everything. And there's a lot of very, very malevolent, but uh, uh, very intelligent people who are working on this agenda. And one of the most important uh, organizations is the World Economic Forum in Davos in Switzerland. That was founded in 1971 by a German professor called Klaus Schwab. He was then 33 years old, only had five years of uh, professional experience. And he called for a meeting of 404 um, economic leaders from all over the world, the leading 404 economic leaders. He called them together 
and he had his first meeting in 1971. So there must have been somebody behind him. And if you take a look at his biography, he was at Harvard University before that, and he was a student of Henry Kissinger's. So I believe that Harvard University, which is a very uh, uh, important hub in our times, uh, was behind this, and Henry Kissinger and, and his big network was also behind this. And uh, this uh, World Economic Forum uh, grew and grew. And in the beginning, they only had economic leaders that they trained. Then they had politicians that they trained. Then they had people from the media. And nowadays, they all also have some prominent figures in order to, to uh, uh, influence uh, uh, people in, in a, 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 through the media. But the most important thing is that they're being, they've been training uh, politicians and uh, economic leaders on a very systematic basis uh, since 1992. The first class uh, of uh, global leaders of tomorrow, as it was called then, uh, started in 1992. It was the class of 93. And if you take a look at that class, you see a lot of very famous names in there. You see Nicolas Sarkozy, who was the French prime minister. Uh, then you see Angela Merkel, who is the German chancellor now. Then you see Tony Blair, very important, uh, uh, the British Prime Minister. Then you see Gordon Brown. You have Manuel Barroso of the uh, EU. You have all sorts of very prominent people. And if you go on for the next few years, you find a lot of people that are in leading positions, not only here in Germany. Our health minister was one of the class of, I think, 2014. Then the Austrian uh, Chancellor, Sebastian Kurz, he, he was in, in that organization. And also Jacinda Ardern, she was in there too. She was in the class, I think, of 2014. And before that, I think she worked in London for about two years and she worked in the office of Tony Blair. So I believe that Tony Blair uh, made the connection between her and the World Economic Forum. And obviously she, she uh, loves to follow their instructions because what she's doing right now is exactly what the uh, World Economic Forum is demanding of these people. And I advise everybody to take a look at the book of the uh, leader of the World Economic Forum, Klaus Schwab, or take a look at his two books. He wrote two mm -hmm. books. One is The Fourth Industrial Revolution, and the other book is The Great Reset. And The Great Reset is a very, very uh, uh, interesting book because it was uh, released in June 2020. And it's about the uh, uh, corona crisis uh, opening up a window of opportunity for reorganizing the world. I mean, that is about six months after they found the first case uh, of corona in, in China. And he comes out with a book which has several hundred pages and uh, very meticulously declares what uh, governments should do, what uh, entrepreneurs should do, what politicians should do in order to use this crisis to create a new world. And uh, w what we should always keep in mind is that the world that we're living in was created by exactly people like Klaus Schwab because he's been at the top of the world for 50 years now. So they created this world and they're trying to take down this world now in order to stay at the top, although the system is in itself is breaking. Mm. It is funny when you say that they're all kind of working from a, the same playbook, whether they're just completely brainwashed by this system. I don't know quite how they, how they think these people. I don't, it seems odd to me the way they think. But um, today we just heard here in New Zealand that we are about to embark on this three-stage process of taking us closer to what appears to be a vaccine passport system. Uh, and we're allowed to, here in Auckland, we're allowed to meet with people outside, no more than 10. And I'm listening to them saying all this stuff about what we're allowed to do. And they're acting like it's their idea. They're acting like they came up with this novel plan. And I'm thinking, 
UK did that. Israel did that. New South Wales have just announced that. Like, guys, you're not clever. This isn't new. We've seen this and we know what happens now. We know it's going to be worse than ever when this happens. Everybody's going to feel the squeeze more than ever. And nothing's going to, it's just going to get worse. People are going to get more, um, more polarized and there's going to be more, well, I worry about there being more fighting and, and actual uh, real problems ahead of us because of the things that they're doing. But, but there's no common sense applied to any of this. And so they're all just doing, they are just literally all doing the same thing with no, for no rational reason to me. It's not science. It's not health. It's rational to them. It's rational to them. Well, that's right. And if they're acting in this way because of this, um, because they're told, you know, thou must do this, uh, then I guess it is rational, isn't it? Yeah, but we're living in times of uh, the most uh, effective censoring of uh, uh, manipulation uh, ever. Because, like, uh, I mean, censorship used to be applied by governments, but in Mm. our times, censorship is being applied by the big IT companies. I mean, just take a look at uh, uh, last year or the year, year before that. I mean, the American president was censored by Twitter. His account was closed. I mean, that showed you that the IT companies are much more powerful than politicians because he mm-hmm. couldn't do anything against it. Mm-hmm. And actually, the, the big IT companies, they can shut off every, any politician in the world. And a politician that doesn't follow the, the, the path that they, they want to pursue, he's going to be ousted. He's going to be, be, be finished very, very quickly. We've had an example of that here in Europe in, uh, I think it was 2014 or 2015 in, in Greece. You know, they had the, the Syriza movement. Uh, they were anti-austerity. Their program was anti-austerity. And once they came to power, the ECB, the European Central Bank, cut them off from all financial transactions for one week. And so they implemented the harshest austerity program ever implemented in, in Europe. So they turned, they, they made a U-turn. That was a 180 degrees turn. So that's that's how, how powerful the financial industry is and that's how powerful the IT companies are. They rule and govern everything in this world. And they are censoring like crazy. I mean, uh, I have a YouTube channel and uh, I, I am on, on several social media, but uh, uh, the audience that I'm reaching now is about 10% of the audience that I used to reach about a year ago. So they're really very effective at, at censoring people and they are creating public opinion and they're making people believe what they want them to believe. But the problem, the problem still remains that the, the narrative is, is uh, uh, breaking. I mean, uh, people can see that it, it just doesn't work. I mean, and, and a lot of people feel betrayed now. People have been vaccinated twice and have been told that they're immune. And now they hear that they're not immune and they should take another vaccination. I know of a lot of people who did that and who are now frightened and who don't want to be vaccinated again. So I think it will it will not take much longer before they have to move on to the next narrative, and that will be about climate change. And also these, these passports, these vaccination passports, it's not about vaccination. It's about biometric identification. That's what they want. That's what the big uh, IT companies want. They want to be able to biometrically identify every person on Earth. And the banks also want that because... Right now, we have about 8 billion people in this world, and only 5.5 billion have a bank account, and they want to get the rest into the system. So what they want to do, they want to hand out uh, um, mobile phones to the rest of the, the, the people and in, uh, uh, give, give them a wallet on their mobile phone, and that way create a central bank digital account for them. 
And uh, for that, they need to biometrically identify these people because a lot of people uh, of these people uh, can't read and write, but they will be able to 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 use a, a phone and they will uh, uh, use it as as the money as we have uh, used uh, cash before. And I, I also advise people to take a look at the uh, uh, page, the the website of the Better Than Cash Alliance. That is an alliance that was founded by the Bill and Melinda Gates uh, Foundation. And that is about the abolishment of cash. And there's, uh, I think it's 34 countries that have joined this organization already. So what we're also facing is a war on cash because digital uh, CBDCs don't go well with cash. So they will abolish cash. That's one of the next uh, points on their agenda. And there's also plans for that. The uh, world, uh, the, the International Monetary Fund has, also pro has already proposed uh, to tax cash. That is when you, when you pay cash, you have to pay like $101 or $105. And if you pay with digital money, you only have to pay $100. That way you can abolish cash within like six months. Mm. So there, there are plans for, for all of these things. There are plans in their, in their uh, cupboards. Uh, they will take them out within the next, uh, I don't know, half year or one year. And uh, what we're facing, we're facing a time of big, big turmoil and of, of, of very, very much. It's very, very dangerous times what we're going into right now. Mm. Well, they've already started removing the, the hole in the walls, the cash machines here, haven't they? I, I noticed one near me today is called a smart, it's a smart cash machine. And I was like, what is a smart cash machine? Can I, I, I didn't investigate. I have to stop and investigate. But yeah, it's, it's changing. The, the idea of taking money out is changing. And maybe you can put it straight on your phone or something. I, I don't quite know how that must all work. Um, I want to talk to you about cash in a minute because I, I know that you feel that this might be something we can do um, to keep pushing on with cash. But uh, before we do that, and I also want to talk to you about fine, uh, digital currencies, but before we do that, can we just have a quick go back and have a quick talk about the UBI, this universal basic income oh, idea? Yeah. Because a lot of people right now, you know, they're at home and they're getting a payment and it's as if they're being trained to accept money for nothing. <laughs> To me and um and for some for, for some people this is actually quite a nice option because they didn't like their job anyway and in some cases they might be getting more money uh through this means but why do you think a ubi is a bad idea well it's a bad idea because it's not about uh humanitarian help it's not a a, a something that will will the the idea behind it is not to help people survive without having a job or, or to create a decent life for people or to give them a chance, like give, give artists a chance to live even if they're not very successful. Uh, that is not behind this, this UBI. The UBI is our, our economy, our world economy is consumer driven. And a lot of people will lose their jobs and they will, uh, uh, they will no longer function as consumers. So they have to be put back into the system. And that's what the UBI is about. And also the UBI will always be behind the price rises because once you introduce the, uh, the UBI, prices will continue to go up. So they will have to have price controls, but that won't work for a long time. So they will have to abolish price controls. The prices will go up and the UBI will always have to follow these prices. So we're into a, a circle of inflation, which will end in hyperinflation. The UBI is no long-term long solution. And that's one thing I'm, I'm telling people that even if they actually introduce this UBI, even if we, if they get over that barrier, if we uh, are, are in this world of UBI, that's not the end of everything because that is not going to work, and people are still going to resist, and we will still have a, have a chance to create a different world, 
that's not the end of everything. But uh, I mean, uh, digital CBDCs are a, me a means of controlling and uh, 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 implementing total control over people. Mm -hmm. I mean, we all know the old uh, adage about nothing comes free, right? There's no such thing as exactly. a free lunch, we say. Um, I know that a lot of well-meaning people are trying to to propose that UBI is something very good, and they're saying that it could be something good. I mean, what I'm telling them is then demand UBI in the form of cash. They will never <laughs> hand it out as cash. Never ever. No. Mm. Yeah, that's, that's true because once you know those who give can also take away, right? So. You know, exactly. if you're not going to behave or you, <laughs> you're um, doing things that are outside of their permitted activities, then then you're not paying your rent that week or your, your power's getting cut off or something mm. like that. And we already see this in China when we talk about the social credit system and when we look at China and what's already happening there uh, with the CCP, then we already see this social credit system in action and how people can't do things if they... What, throw away too much food or they're not a good person or they say the wrong thing or they're or maybe their family member does um then you know you can get in trouble and suffer the consequences of that so yeah. my family better watch well, out we're, we're, we're all into we're all into a social credit system because mm. uh, if you're vaccinated or unvaccinated i mean yes. as a vaccinated person you're allowed to do certain things that you're not allowed to do as an unvaccinated person so that yeah. is a social credit system that's the introduction of a social credit system Absolutely. and that will go on that will continue. They will. They will have more and more uh, conditions uh, tied to it, and mm. that, that's where they're leading us. I mean, it's all about uh, the power of the the IT companies that want to create a world of actually the the one of the, the the most important words now is transhumanism. That's what they want to create. That's one. They want to create a, a world in which uh, uh, people uh, kind of get together with the digital industry. And that's not about uh, uh, making people better, like like Klaus Schwab says. He says that that's a new, a new level in the development of mankind when man and machine uh, come together. It's mm. a it's a it's a means to 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 make people go along with a system that is absolutely inhuman. Mm, mm, mm. Absolutely. That's what that's what they're trying to do. Yeah. Um, can you tell us a little bit about your ideas around how they might move us to a digital currency and, and the, the, the process behind that? Do you foresee anything particular happening as we change? Well, they're still working on it. You know, they're, they're still having these big tests. They had this one big test in Shenzhen in, in China uh, where they had a lottery and they had 50,000 winners in this lottery. They all got a, 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 a digital bank account with a central bank. And that was very interesting because they got 250 yuan and uh, these 250 yuan expired after six days. So they had six days to spend the money. So that was the first test on the expiration date. Then the United States is testing the, the sand dollar in the Bahamas. They have a, a, a population of about 380,000 there, and they've already got this central bank digital currency. So they're working on it. I think China is leading the way. China is uh, in front right now. Then uh, comes the, uh, central, the, the Federal Reserve. And the ECB, the European Central Bank, is uh, uh, quite behind. And I think that's also something that's behind big politics right now. I think China is able to, to uh, pressure the United States because they're in front in this race. And China also has the uh, Silicon Belt Initiative. They're able to uh, issue the yuan, the electronic yuan, not only in China, 
but in a lot of countries along the, the Silicon Belt Road and also in a lot of African countries. And that puts them at a big advantage. And I think what we've seen in Afghanistan has something to do with this because the, uh, the US just moved out of Afghanistan and left all their, their weaponry and, and their, their air force and everything. They left that to, to the Taliban. And I think there was something behind this. It, it, they were not surprised by all of this. I think it was uh, some, some uh, deal between China and the United States. Maybe the Chinese said, well, we'll come out with a, with a digital currency if, if, if you don't move out of, out of Afghanistan. And there, there was a, a very interesting thing that happened in, I think it was at the end of May. You know, we have the World Economic Forum here in Europe, but there's a, an international finance forum that was created uh, about 20 years ago in Beijing. And it's being led by the uh, Chinese Communist Party. Uh, the, the, the boss of this, this uh, enterprise and his six, uh, um, uh, uh, the six people under him, they're all uh, from the Chinese Communist Party. And the interesting thing is that in this organization, you will find people like the former head of the IMF, uh, the German Köhler. You will find uh, uh, Christine Lagarde in there. You will find Manuel Barroso in there. You will find a lot of very, very important things. Larry, Larry uh, um, Fink is in there. So you find the most important people from the financial business all over the world in this organization. And in May, they had a meeting in, in uh, Beijing. And one of the uh, uh, people from the Communist Party came out with a very interesting idea. He said that the EU might, might come out on the network of DM. DM is the follow-up uh, cryptocurrency to Libra. And Libra is the cryptocurrency of Mark Zuckerberg. That is the cryptocurrency uh, uh, that, that Mark Zuckerberg wanted to give out for Facebook. And just imagine that, that the Chinese uh, digital currency will come out on the network of an American IT company. That means that they're working together. The Chinese mm. Communist, Communist Party is actually working together with the big American uh, IT companies. And very interesting also is that they're working against their own uh, IT companies like Jack Ma. He, he, mm. he does, you don't see Jack Ma anymore. Jack Ma is also a young global leader. Very interesting. So. Uh, I, what I see here is that the Chinese Communist Party, which has more power than any other government in the world because of the central structures of the planned economy that they used to have in China, that they're struggling against losing power uh, uh, to their own industrial financial complex. And the uh, American IT companies are taking advantage of that and they're trying to work together with them. So we have a very, very, very complicated situation that is unfolding behind the scenes and you never know what, what's going to happen next. I mean, Afghanistan was, was kind of a surprise that the Americans moved out of there and left all their weaponry to the enemy. That was a mm -hmm. big surprise. And I think that must be, can only be explained by something that happened in the background and that has something to do with the establishment of the new uh, CBDC. It's just crazy. It just seems so crazy. How, how do other digital currencies relate to this government currency that we might be looking forward to? They're the exact opposite, like Bitcoin, for example, or all the cryptocurrencies, they're mm -hmm. part of DeFi, that is decentralized finance. Mm -hmm. They work uh, outside, outside the banking system, they're decentralized. So uh, uh, these digital uh, cent central bank currencies as CBDCs, they're centralized. They're just absolutely the opposite. If you trade Bitcoin, nobody knows about uh, uh, your transaction. It's just you 
and uh, the person that receives your your payment or the person from you from uh, from whom you get the payment nobody else knows about it but if you uh, use cbdc's the central bank will know about every single one of your transactions mm -hmm. and they will be able to interfere and they will be able to to uh, pass out like uh, uh, certain tax rates they uh, they can they can uh, pass out individual tax rates they can also implement negative interest rates by just taking away some money they can tie the money to to expiration dates they can do anything in order to manipulate you and i mean if you if you're not a, a boss over your own finances then you've lost so do you see that as being almost like our new cash rebellion if we were to get into more crypto ourselves is that a way out of this do you think it's it's not really a way out because the cryptos also uh, have have big problems because to just take a look at bitcoin i mean bitcoin 80% of Bitcoins are in the hands of 20% of the people. And Bitcoin is extremely speculative. I mean, if Elon Musk uh, uh, says like 12 yeah. words on Twitter uh, <laughs> about yeah. Bitcoin, then Bitcoin goes up or goes down by, I, I don't know, 400 billion uh, all over the world. So that's, a, that's also a way of manipulating the system. I mean, getting out of manipulation does not mean getting into cryptocurrencies that are dominated by, by the ultra-rich. On the contrary, I, th I, I believe that, that cryptocurrencies were actually created for the ultra-rich in order to get around the new system of CBDCs. Because uh, uh, what, what we're seeing now is this up and down, this high volatility in cryptos, and they're just, just like shaking the markets to get the small people out of the markets and uh, to have the, the rich people move in because the small people, they, they uh, very, very quickly lose their heads and they, they sell when, mm -hmm. when the... the, the uh, Price goes down like by ten percent or twelve percent. So I think I think cryptos were were. I mean, they allowed cryptos cryptos in the beginning. They could have uh, uh, outlawed them at the very beginning. They could have said no, this is not possible, or they could have moved against them. I mean, China now moves against them. I think that mm -hmm. that's also very interesting. But that is because it's not the the IT companies and not the financial companies that are in power in China. It's still the Communist Party. But that won't last much longer. They, they will lose out in the end. Mm. So what do you think the way out of this is? Give us some ideas on how we're going to oh, um, hold on to our cash, hold on to our money, <laughs> and, and, um, and our sanity, I think. How are we going to get out of this? Yes. I, I think the, the last point is the most important, yeah. Hold on to your sanity because it's insane. Everything is mm. absolutely insane. Mm. I mean, so many things that we thought were good are bad now. I mean, just take a look at the green parties all over the world. Oh. I mean, 20 or 30 years ago, everybody was uh, was wild about the wonderful, uh, all these ecological ideas. And now, now they are the worst uh, as far as lockdowns go. And mm. they're, they're going to be very, very important for the system to change the narrative because they're the, one, the ones that are... Uh, the proponents of this uh, decarbonization mm. um, agenda. And the decarbonization agenda has nothing to do with ecology, just like the, the uh, agenda behind us has nothing to do with health. Mm. It's, mm. All about, it's all about control. And what, what, what can we do? I mean, uh, as far as cash goes, of, co of course, we can, we can insist on paying cash, but once they introduce this uh, tax on cash, that won't be uh, uh, helping us uh, for very long. I mean, that might help for a short time, but uh, in the long run, they will win out. Uh, what we have to do is we have to uh, explain what's happening behind the scenes to people because most of the people do not have the slightest idea about what's happening. They really still believe the narrative that all this is about health. And once you, you, you make it clear to them that it's not about health, that it's about control, and that we're all governed by the digital financial complex, 
that they're the ones that are in power, and that at the head of these this digital complex, you find some very uh, uh, strange, not, not strange people, but, but pathological uh, 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 people like uh, Bill Gates, or uh, the most wow. horrible person to me is, is Elon Musk, who thinks that uh, you, can, you can fight overpopulation by moving people onto other planets. I mean, that is so crazy. And that guy is really, that guy is uh, at the top of this, this digital financial complex. I mean, he's uh, supplying the whole world with, uh, with uh, internet access now. He has 1,600 satellites uh, running around the orbit. And he started this in August and nobody talked about it. It's been, no. been, been active now for five weeks, but nobody talks about it. And, one, and I, I mean, that, the internet is very, very, is, is, is uh, up to the, the, the standards that they, they have nowadays. And he will have customers all over the world very soon. And if he reaches his goal, that uh, he, he will control the, the internet. And there will be one person in this world controlling the internet for everybody in this world. That is absolutely crazy. That's, that's the tendency that, 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 that we're living under. I mean, we've never seen so much concentration of wealth in the hands of so few. And we've never seen so much concentration of power in the hands of so few. And that mm -hmm. has to be stopped. I mean, Elon Musk also was the, the, the first person in the world to gain more than $100 billion within one year. And that is so crazy. I mean, he's, he's so rich, he, he owns more than, than a lot of African countries. Mm. So all that is so sick and that, that's a process that has to be stopped. It can only be stopped if people start to see through this, this fog of misinformation. And I think that's the most important thing that we can do. We have to uh, kind of serve enlightenment. That's what we have to do, yeah. We have to uh, tell people what's actually going on and help them to see through this fog of misinformation. That's the most important thing. We've certainly felt that. We've, we've had quite a clear goal the whole time to try and reach the people that just need a little wriggle and they're with us, you know. They don't need the hardcore, yeah. I think, are lost to us. But there is a yeah. significant proportion of people in the middle and we see that a lot of those people are now coming are waking up to what's happening around them, whether they're let down by the system, you know, whether they're injured after their vaccine, whether they just had a fright for this lockdown might have been too much. Whatever the case, um, there is a there is a real shift happening, and I feel like that's the reason we're having such a squeeze right now. It, it feels desperate. The squeeze mm -hmm. by our government yeah. is desperate because I, they recognize, you know, we've hit a wall when it comes to our vaccinations. People don't want to be playing this game anymore. It's just stupid. Um, and they're waking up to things that we're not having. We're, if their concern is coronavirus, mm -hmm. they're waking up to the therapeutics. Um, all, all sorts of things are happening. Um, so we think once they are, once we have sort of amassed these people, this rowing army, for lack of a better word, uh, what then? Do we just dig our heels in and say no? Do we invest our money in property? Do we just buy gold? Do we just refuse the shop who tells us they won't accept cash? Do we just simply go somewhere else? Um, how, how, do we, how do we do this? Mm. Uh, it depends on how the situation is going to unfold. Yeah, I mean, there's some some ways to prepare. I mean, we have to prepare for inflation. That is very important right now. We have to pre prepare for inflation. So uh, getting some gold is not bad, but uh, gold is no good to 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 buy your rolls in the morning. Mm -hmm. uh, so you get you got to get some silver. Some silver. Silver will be very very important in the next period. I mean, once uh, the inflation hits higher levels, uh, people will start to pay with silver again. 
And I think it's that that is the the, the biggest advice uh, that you can give people. Go into property, yeah. Well, uh, everybody can disown you, <laughs> yeah. and, and nobody knows what will happen then. But I, I think what we have to start uh, doing is we have to get connected with people. We have to start some kind of counter society mm. uh, on the side. I mean, we have to start start barter again. We mm. have to uh, create regional circles. I mean, we have to. Uh, um, get local business to get together to get against the platform industry. That is a, a very important point, the platform industry. I mean, look at Amazon. Amazon has destroyed uh, so many retailers. So uh, I advise all these small retailers to get together and not to see uh, them, uh, the, the other retailers as their opponents, but to see that the big opponent is Amazon, that they have to get together, that they have to inform people that if they uh, keep buying with Amazon, then we're soon going to see uh, uh, these horrible uh, smart cities mm. where you go into a city and where, where, where you're at some terminal and, and uh, you, can, you can order something online and you don't see people anymore and you're served by robots. I mean, that's, that's a horrible future that we're, mm. we're blindly going, going into. So it is very important to inform people also on a local and on a regional basis and tell them not to order online, but to go to their shops, go to their bookstores and uh, that's one, one thing that we can do right now and, and how we can oppose this whole, whole thing. But the most important thing is, is uh, keep on informing people about what's going on in the background, keeping in, in them informed about the financial system, about the power of the digital industry, and also uh, tell, tell a lot of young people not to believe what, what they're being told by the digital industry, because a lot of young people, they, they look at their smartphones and, and all the information they're getting is from their smartphones. And that is totally manipulated. Mm, mm. Yeah, I think it's a, well, I was just thinking about our groups. So we've got these local groups all over our country. So we've got 60 coordinators up and down the country. And that was one of our visions when we, when we started putting them together was so that people could create these communities to support one another. So I encourage everybody that's in the chat here in our audience today, if you're not in one of those groups and you'd like to be, please head over to the website and go under the Take Action tab. There's Join a Local Group. And um, if you can't see one in your area or nearby where you are, get in touch with us and, and see if you'd like to maybe get together with some others and, and start one up. But I, I think these um, communities are going to be really important as we go into the future. Yeah. And, yeah. and this, I know, I don't know if you, you would follow Catherine Austin Fitz. Um, yes, yes, I know yeah. her, yeah. Yes. Uh, do you, I know, I think she was talking about, you know, we need to just in our own way, each look at where we keep our money, look at who we have our power with. I guess I listened to her in an interview and it sounded great. Like, okay, I'm going to look at my bank and then I'm going to look at my power company. But then when I look and I'm really busy anyway, like who has time to like, let's try and think about, shall I move my savings to TSB bank or so, you know, I don't even know if we have any, hardly any of these small banks. Um, someone in the chat will tell me that there are, but how do you see this? Because it almost seems futile. Like, is it, should we be doing that? But, um, you know, I, we, it, it, it sounds idealistic when people say it, but then implementing it. Yeah. Well, I would, I would rather advise people to get their money out of the banks because uh, I, I wouldn't trust the banks, first mm -hmm. of all. And also the small banks are going to be taken over by the big banks. So if you have your money in a small bank, you can you, you're exposed to some some very big risk uh, in the coming period. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I I wouldn't trust anybody. I would I would keep, uh, rather keep my my uh, money at home. But of of course, you have to keep a certain amount in a bank account to to do your daily transactions. Mm. But if if you have uh, more than you uh, you can use, 
Um, the first advice I would give people is not to keep your money in one bank account in one bank, but to spread it out and, and uh, take different banks. But it's even better not to trust the banks and to keep it uh, either at home or uh, to dig a hole in your garden somewhere. Um, and also also to get prepared for, for, for runaway inflation, because uh, what they're doing right now is they're creating runaway inflation. We're, uh, the, the inflation rates that we are being told by the governments are, are ridiculous. Uh, inflation mm. is a lot higher than they're telling us. And it's going to get a lot higher because you can just take a look at all the money that is being created right now. And that's being handed out at, at zero interest rates. I mean, that's flooding the, the, the markets like crazy and prices are going to go up. I mean, mm. just take a look at the, the uh, um, uh, what's that? The real estate market. That's uh, oh, just absolutely crazy. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Even the local groceries. I mean, you know, just yes, trying to buy groceries. It, it's noticed uh, diff more difficult to that, get. That's uh, a very that, hmm. that's a very important topic because we have yeah. this uh, lack of of chips right now all over the world, and they have this shortage of uh, of uh, chips and uh, what is this? These uh, semiconductors. Yes. Semiconductors. There's a big lack of semiconductors in the world markets, and semiconductors are very important for agricultural machines. So uh, they're actually creating a situation in which we will have food shortages all over the world. Mm. You have to have to be ready for food shortages all over the world during the next six months. We've already had food shortages in Great Britain. They had, they they uh, faced another problem because uh, because of Brexit, they didn't have any laborers from from Eastern Europe, so a lot of the crops were not harvested. Mm. So uh, I mean, the, all, all these things are deliberately done in order to create uh, havoc. Uh, how how can you get people uh, under under the under pressure? You you uh, first of all you you make them lose their jobs, mm. then uh, you force uh, them to stay at home, stay stay mm. away from each other, and then you 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 take their take their food away. Mm. So that's the way you create civil wars, and I think that's what they're out of. They're, that's what they're out to do. They want to create the, the the biggest turmoil ever in in history in order to come out with this UBI. That's that's what the plan is. It does feel it. it. We've had right from the beginning, you know, we've had a lot of emphasis on dobbing each other in, narking each other uh, on each other, um, really creating a division in community between, you know, the people that do things wrong. A lot of name calling has happened here and, and, and identifying people or communities. And this and now this latest thing with these unvaccinated, which apparently, you know, this virus is looking for them. It's very clever like that but and so this real division this like a wedge that they're trying to divide and it just I'm hearing other things you know other frustrations and other bigoted behavior or prejudice it bubbles to the surface when people are so stressed and and so we're seeing an explosion of all sorts of really quite nasty behavior across society yeah. um so I agree with you I think that it, to me you I you do, you know as a parent you don't behave in a certain way in your home because your children will just m m copy you and do the same and to me it always starts at the top so um we're seeing some bad behavior from the people at the top here i think um yeah right i yeah i it is interesting people are asking in the chat about mortgages a lot of people that uh, particularly with this house crazy house prices that have been going on for years now um they're burdened with substantial mortgages and what would your advice be around that well, if you have problems paying the mortgage, get, get somebody you know to share the house with you. That's that's the most important thing. Don't depend on the banks. Don't depend on the banks, and don't depend on on inflation. Don't don't think that if inflation keeps uh, running higher, that it will make e make it easier to to repay. 
the money because uh, uh, your uh, salary will not uh, uh, go along with, with inflation. It will always uh, be lower than the rate of inflation. Mm. So uh, get somebody you know, get somebody to, you know into the contract and, and uh, try to share problems with somebody else. I mean, th this is the most important message uh, these days is get together with other people and do not stay away from other people. Do exactly the opposite of what they're telling you. Mm. Yes. And, and we've been saying for a year now, plant a garden. And in New Zealand, uh, yeah. we're, come, we're in spring, we're coming into early summer. This is the time people put some seeds in the ground, get, get a garden growing. It doesn't have to be big, just a little bit to help help buffer some of these uh, costs. And maybe you'll have something that you can do or something that you can make, a, a, some skill that you have that you're able to trade. Think about that. Very good, maybe yeah. Bolstering your skills in those areas. It's real little house on the prairie stuff. You know, we're really getting back to basics and basic skills, but they become very important at this time um, to, yeah, to be able to, to support each other and look after each other. Uh, and, yeah. and, we are going to go without stuff. We definitely are. And just to prepare ourselves for that reality that it could get tough. Um, we've had a lot of luxuries and a lot of pleasure for a long time. And I, I, it's all good. I think it's going to come crashing to an end. So, um, We're already yeah. seeing that with the delays in the shipping, right? So there's, yeah. there's a lot of uh, backlog going on yes. and increased price yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, all these broken, all these broken supply chains. I, I mean, we will see the consequences of them within the next few months. Mm. There's a lot of things that is, that that are broken in the background that we, we're not seeing right now, but that we will see that during the next few months. Mm. Mm. Yes. So, in the very beginning, before we started talking, I said to you about um, Europe, and and I'm feeling a little pessimistic about what's about to unfold over there through the winter, given that you have a natural rise in uh, infections and things through the winter. The seasonal things will come back. It's enough to scare people into being worried all over again. What? How do you see things playing out in Europe uh, through the coming months? Yeah, I think I see a lot of problems uh, arising here. I mean, the, the the biggest problem will be energy, I think, because they're not they're not supplying the continent with with enough energy right now, and th there must mm. be some plan behind that. Mm. And uh, we will have energy shortages uh, all all over the place. Then we will have food shortages, and I think they're they're trying to to create a very very uh, serious situation here. Mm. Um, I, I I don't see any any way out of it. Like here in Germany, we just had elections and. Uh, it was absolutely crazy because the people elected exactly the same people that imposed all these measures during the past 18 months. I mean, they, the, the, the government parties, the two government parties had more than 50%. That is absolutely crazy. Have, have we seen anywhere so, where they've had an election and the and someone has been overturned who, well, apart from America, obviously, but have we seen anywhere where, and recently, where the, the, the reigning person has been voted out? I can think of France yeah. or Canada just had theirs and they had even that yeah. Governor Newsom in California. I mean, that was extraordinary. He managed to hold on to power. It's quite unusual yeah. what's happening. Um, do you think there's a resistance building in Europe? Yeah, yeah, definitely. But it's still small. It's still small. Mm. <clears throat> it's mm. like, a, I don't know, and, and it's like one, one, two or three percent. But I think it's building. I mean, I, I can see uh, when I give a lecture, also, uh, I used to give lectures to 30 people, 40 people. And now it's uh, 150, 250, 300 people coming, sometimes 600 people. Oh, uh, one of my lectures, uh, I had 3000 people there. 
So uh, it, it's changing and I, I get so many emails, I get so many, uh, I get asked so often for, for interviews on, on the internet and I still have uh, a lot of people that watch it, although it is being censored in, in, in every possible way. But I mean, we're, we're getting, we're slowly getting there. But the, the thing is that we always have to keep in mind that the harsher the measures from, from the other side, the bigger their desperation. They're not. They're not in a in a, in, a, in an easy situation. Their their desperation is is uh, incredible, and they they wouldn't be implementing all these things if they could do it in a democratic way. I mean, it's it's a lot easier for for a government to to lean back and say, okay, you can do whatever you want. But once yeah. they they uh, resort resort to dictatorial measures, you know they're in trouble, and yeah. they are in deep deep trouble because the financial system is in deep trouble, and because the the uh, the digital companies are so extremely powerful. Mm. And just because you say it with a smile on your face, like you're being kind, doesn't mean you're not absolutely wetting yourself at the same time, because you can see that your vaccinations have gone off the cliff and you know people are starting yeah. to say, not buying it anymore, yeah. not buying exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Like here, they give us all the statistics for the vaccination based on the eligible population, which is cutting out about 20% more of the population to start with. So yes. they just give all the stats. And then sometimes even the stats are given of the people who are vaccinated. They include the people that are booked in, but haven't yet had it. Yeah. So yeah. it's just- Yeah. Uh, I don't believe any of their rubbish. Yeah, we're going to, I mean, yeah. a lot of people have been vaccinated, but not the way that they constantly keep repeating the statistics um, yeah. is done deliberately, uh, always skewed. And with an asterisk and so many people miss that detail so mm. yeah mm. yeah well i think i'm still optimistic that we're going to come out the other side of this and that people will find they'll find in themselves the the strength that we've had to get us this far along in the human race and they'll find it again i'm feeling like there's a lot of people at the moment who they know something's not right and they might be in a position where they're able to say something and it would have an enormous impact i'm really feeling that right now and i just these people need to stand up and say it and it's going to be hard and uh, but a lot of us are putting a lot on the line for this and there's room for more. <laughs> we can all do it together. Yeah. Uh, we just move yeah. over, right? I mean, I think yeah. we see the same faces for a year now have been popping up. And I think it's there's time for new faces to come along and, and support Absolutely. this movement. Yeah. Um, yeah and just, also, you shouldn't forget that 95% of the people are just bystanders. They just watch. They don't, they don't act. It's about five, three, three to five percent that determine the course of the world. Mm. And all we have to do is to get these three to five percent. And I think we're on the way to get them. Mm, mm. I think so. I think so. It's just common sense. Uh, at the end of the yeah. day, we just talk about common exactly. sense, don't we? Yeah. No, yeah. no dictatorship in the world has lasted forever. Mm. Mm. I heard something um, interesting the other day, and I hope we get a chance to speak to him. Uh, Matthias was speaking. Uh, he's, um, he's actually from and psychosis. Yeah, about the mass psychosis. And he was talking about how in smaller populations, these sorts of dictatorial um, totalitarian regimes, they can't work. If, this is, if it's too small a population, they can't work and it ends up imploding. They just It just eats itself. And I thought, well, New Zealand has got that going for us. We have only 5 million people here. We stand a good chance of being the ones who can push back against this uh, if we just remember who we are. And um, that gave me a lot of hope to think that we can lead the world in this if we want to, and I would like I would like us to. I think that would be good a good example for the world. 
Thank mm. you. That that was just yeah, thank you so much for joining us. It's really interesting. And um, I don't know if the three of us can profess to be the most financially literate <laughs> in the world, but uh, we get it. We we get what's happening and um, sure, sure. and and we can um, we can all push back against it, I think. We can bring sure. on people like you who can help. Yeah. Uh, sure, yeah. Sure. Is there someone else that you would recommend that we would speak with um, to, to help people understand? Do you know Rainer Fulmich? We've spoken yeah, to from, Rainer. From yeah. 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 Ah, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, I'll, I'll send you a few names. I'll, I'll, okay. I'll uh, put thank down you. a few names and send them to you. Yeah, yeah. it'd no, be wonderful. Yeah, be really wonderful. But yeah. yeah, thank you so much. It was wonderful. 